we're back. Welcome to the first episode of 2020 Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. It's been a little while, a month, and some change, maybe. But we're here. We did not abandon you. I'll be one of your hosts for the show, Dave, and I am joined, as always, by Vader. That's me. Hello, how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. The It's warm here in, in the recording basement studio. <laughs> it is not warm outside. There's a bit of ice on the lake nearby, so we'll uh we'll take what we can get with the weather. How's everything going out that way? Very good. Um I can let you know we got bees since we last recorded. <laughs> I know I was gonna I want a a, a bee update. <laughs> Yep, bees are very cool. I've always been fascinated by bees. We have a beehive now in our backyard, and I've um, checked on them a few times, and they're doing good. They went from a very small hive, and I've got two boxes on there now, and they're filling them up quite nicely. Uh, and I managed to find the queen, which is often often hard to find because there's like thirty, forty thousand bees and. Yeah, <laughs> see, there's a couple the couple bees in there. Yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. posted uh, pictures of the queen. Yes, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's that's gonna that's kept me busy, and it will keep me busy <laughs> going mm-hmm. forward. Another one of my side projects slash hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Um. How, how is your? I know I saw another video. You guys are doing um hardware reviews. Yes. Uh, they're going well. Um. Some are doing better than others, but that's a lot of fun. Kind of like playing, being able to play with real expensive equipment uh, that I don't have to pay for is always very good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun being able to review and look at fancy hardware and get more into PC gaming. Very cool. Yeah, some of that stuff's really neat with all the the lights and little gimmicks and crazy yes. curved screens. Yes, I do like my um, RJB, RGB uh, lighting. It's a lot of fun playing with colorful lights. <laughs> <laughs> I am swayed very easily by colorful lights. <laughs> Let it be known. But yeah, how? what have you been up to? You had a trip over uh, to PAX. Yeah, I did. I was at um, uh, PAX South, um, first first gaming convention I'd gone to. Um, and it was, it was pretty neat. There was a couple uh, fun little indie games that... Um, I'd already had my eye on and just, I think seeing some of those, um, in play and then also being able to check out a few of them firsthand was a, was a, it was a nice little experience. I, um, I don't know if I would go again, uh, to that one only because it, it seemed like it's kind of winding down. So maybe if there's a, a big announcement, um, or something coming, you know, in the future, I'd be more inclined to, to check it out again, but you know, it's fun in cool. general. Any kung fu down there? No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't see anything that would be um, directly related. I did, however, start up um, yet another podcast, which is also Very no cool. kung fu, but it's, I guess, dudes being chopped in half, which happens sometimes in the kung fu stuff. Um, but it's it's on Berserk, the uh, the manga and its associated stuff. So that's that's you know all lighthearted, um, good comedy. No. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not at all. Uh, but it's 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 dark. It's dark, but it's fun. So I think that catches us up to kind of what we've been doing in the interim since our last episode. Uh, what what are we going to do this time? 
Uh, we're looking at Rush Hour, the trilogy. It's not even, it's just one long rush hour. <laughs> we were in traffic for like six days. hours. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's a trilogy that spans just shy of 10 years of its release dates, anyway. Actually, you do bring that up. Like, it's a cool name and it works for the movie, but. Why is it called Rush Hour? <laughs> now you mention it. They it got me thinking. Yeah, they I think they name dropped the title in the first movie. Um, oh, they they, they do because the um the bad guy um Sang I think was his I think it was him his name in the first one. He's not the main bad guy, he's just small bad guy. I think I know because I just had it pulled up. But, um, yes, the bleach, um, yeah. it was, yes, Sung. Uh, he, he's, when he's, he's kidnapping the girl and he tells the, the, the guards, like, it's just rush hour. Cause I think they're yeah, asking what, what's going on, uh, with the, the traffic. And that's the name drop for the title. That's right. But still. Yeah, it has nothing to do with, like, the other two movies. I mean, they're <laughs> in traffic, I guess, sometimes, but they could have just called it, like, traffic. <laughs> I don't know. It, they just thought it was catchy. It's, well, it is. It is. It's a cool name, and, like, it's very iconic for this, these films, but when you just think about the words, it's got nothing to do with them, really. <laughs> no, particularly, like, the later films, definitely. Yeah. Definitely nothing. Interesting. But that is what it is. Um... So yeah, this I guess a little bit of it's not really history, but the, the first Rush Hour came out in 1998, so a few years ago, uh, and this uh, well they were they were all three films were directed by Brett Ratner. Um, he doesn't really have he has an extensive filmography, but nothing else um, to do with martial arts or kung fu or anything like that. Mostly action films, just general Hollywood action movies rather. Um, this is starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, and we have a few reoccurring um, cast members throughout the series, but each one has a, um, a specific um, villain uh, or sub. There's a, like some kind of mini mini villains too um, throughout the series, and uh, by and large, the cast is mostly like Hollywood cast members, so they don't have other martial arts films under their belt um primarily the uh the console uh is uh Zima and he is he's in the first film and the third film uh he's in the new live action Mulan well which is coming out it's not out yet ah uh, yes um, yep. he was in the Wu Assassins uh, TV series which I, I still haven't seen. <laughs> I should probably watch that. Um, I think that that was kind of it. I don't see anything else um, in his filmography that would be really relevant. Uh, he has been in a yeah. lot of movies. Oh, he was. Uh, he did a voice in the Sleeping Dogs um, video game. Oh, cool. Uh, I think that looks to be that looks to be it actually. Um, that we have, we have a brief kind of cameo by Chris Penn. So he is the, the guy that had all the C4 in the, the opening bit with Chris Tucker. Oh, yep. Um, yep. He is a character actor. 
he does not have his one other martial arts film is um what's well, it's 1995's fist of the north star so there's a lot of uh kung fu and people exploding in that movie <laughs> they explode and his head explodes in that one so that's um huh. that's something um that was that's kind of it for the the primary cast in um, in the first film anyway and then of course we have chris tucker and then jackie chan who we've uh I think we've fully discussed his filmography over the year, over the, over the years, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Chris Tucker doesn't really have anything else that he has just comedies. Um, yeah, nothing else that would uh, fit in with um, kung fu movies. Although, how, however, there is potentially a Rush Hour four in the works, but the, the that is still kind of I think sitting in the rumor stage at this at this point. It's stuck in traffic. It, it, <laughs> fittingly enough, it is stuck somewhere in traffic. It's stuck in the rush hour. Um, yep, yeah, that is the, by and large, the main cast of the first film. Do we have reviews? Yes, we do. Um, are we going to go through one movie at a time reviews? Uh, it out. Yes, I think that'd be probably the best. All right, so, uh, the first um, movie 10-star review I'll start with. All right. What do we got? Uh, I'm kind of – I'm going to turn this into a game. Shall I read the titles and then you pick the review, like of the, the top three? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Just because the titles are sometimes the best part. Yeah. Um, so the first title is A Buddy Comedies Ever After. Uh, then we've got Fast, Funny, and Fantastic. And then Rush Hour, 1998. The fastest hands in the East meets the biggest mouth in the West. <laughs> oh, uh, is that, we're doing three? Is that the choices? Yeah, three seems a good one to okay. choose. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh... You said buddy comedies ever after. Yep. Fast, Fast funny, and, funny and fantastic. fantastic. Rush hour. The fastest hands in the East meets the biggest mouth in the West. I feel like that's the movie tagline somehow. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's read that it's one. It's pretty good. You on that one? It is. Yeah. Um, oh, you're all around the same length. Okay. This is by David TKD-25249. And this, oh, this is actually a review done 20 years after the release of the movie, uh, January, 10th of January, 2018. So very recent. Rush Hour is a 1998 American buddy cop action comedy film starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker as two cops that have nothing in common working together to rescue the daughter of a Chinese diplomat who has been captured while also arresting arresting a crime lord. I don't know if that makes sense. Anyway, directed by Brett Ratner, the film features a ton of action and drama. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker's humor is phenomenal. This is a film you will surely remember. Rush Hour was made on a budget of 
33 million. Uh, Rush Hour grossed 244,400,000, making it a huge success. Because of the success of Rush Hour, it was followed by two sequels, Rush Hour 2, 2001, and Rush Hour 3, 2007. This is a boring review. Uh, <laughs> Rush Hour's film score was, uh, was conducted and composed by living legend uh, Lalo Schifrin, uh who did Enter the Dragon. The music is absolutely amazing and is one of the best, if not the best thing about the movie. I could listen to the, this music forever and I wouldn't get bored of it. A perfect action comedy film. This film is a buddy cop masterpiece and one of my favorite films ever. 10 out of 10. I don't... Is that a review? I I don't think it is. Um, that's weird. I mean, I mean, technically it is, but it, it's not. It's I, I don't know. It's a review of of the movie as a movie, but not of the actual film. What I did like is that we learned some information that we don't usually get, and we don't usually yes. talk about. Um, it was kind of cool to see the budget, and I'm assuming it's correct. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to just go with that, I guess. <laughs> and to see the the gross, like the that they the movie grossed, mm-hmm. um, and also it's good to we've never had anyone review the music of a film, so that's cool. It, but I don't. I just watched. This, I do not remember any of the music. I I'm terrible with music, like. I generally just don't even notice music, and I know it's, it's <laughs> so we're both there. just like ignoring it, like it's it's his it's this person's highlight of the thing. We're like, there's no music. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I do that in all movies and mm-hmm. all like games. Like I just don't notice them. That's, I notice that it's not there good. and it's silent and weird. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's good music. Okay, well, what's the other side of the coin? Yes. Let's see if we have a one-star review. And in fact, we do. Ooh. Hold on. This person's, it's in the one-star category. They haven't given it stars. And it says star, star, half, star out of star, star, star. So two and a half out of four star. What? Yes. You can't give your own scale. Not really. Because now it's it's not a one-star review. That's yeah, a two and a half stars. Star. That's no good. Throw it out. Unless they're saying half a star out of ten, but uh, anyway, uh, do you want to just play the same game? I liked it. Uh, feature length misery, <laughs> a big disappointment, or Hollywood sellout. Those are all good titles. Mm-hmm. It's a game we've got feature length misery, a big disappointment, and Hollywood sellout. Oh, feature length misery. Because okay. that sounds like a one star <laughs> review. <laughs> uh, this is by Macklin, 14th of February, 1999. Poor Macklin got dumped on, on Valentine's Day, didn't they? And so they watched this <laughs> and they were heartbroken. <laughs> They, were they wanted, were they wanted they wanted some were consolation from Jackie Chan and just didn't get it. But their yeah, their misery bled into their enjoyment of this film. Anyway, uh, 
I had pretty high hopes for Rush Hour C, uh, partly because of all the positive reactions it got in the States. I even heard claims like the best Jackie Chan ever. I was suspicious of Tucker, but as long as it was the new Chan movie, it ought to be okay, right? Wrong! (laughs) I found myself forced into one of the most annoying fake interracial buddy-buddy action comedy blockbusters I have ever had the displeasure to had to sit through. Rush Hour is nothing more than a Chris Tucker star vehicle with Jackie reduced to a Chinaman sidekick. That's all good and fine if you're under such heavy medication that you think Tucker is actually funny. But after two minutes of him doing his little Eddie Murphy ripoff routine, I was ready to climb on a rooftop with an AK-47 and let justice rain from the sky. Whoa, this took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely not a current day review. No. Uh, throw in a mentally challenged plot, bad acting, and the old, where did all the money from the big budget go? Question mark. Complaint. And a director who couldn't direct an action scene to save his life, and you got this feature-length misery. If you're ready to see a real Jackie Chan movie, go to your local video shop and rent operation condor better still you can rent any chan title it'll be better than this bowls loosener i don't know what that last bit means bowl loosener <laughs> that makes you have to go to the bathroom uh, okay. <laughs> i just read it funny then uh <laughs> and, uh all I can say is wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> and it still didn't give us the plot. No. That's fine. That's fine. We know what happened. Yeah, the plot's Don't quite simple, we? actually. <laughs> so what do you think of that? Uh, I'll, I'll back it up and say we'll do this sort of backwards than we usually do. Um, I remember seeing this in the theater. And I mm-hmm. remember quite enjoying it, and I've owned it probably on – I think I own – yeah, I own the DVD somewhere, and then I bought the, like, trilogy Blu-ray thing because it was just a good deal. Um, and I, ha- I hadn't watched it probably since around the first time I saw it. So maybe early 2000s was the last time I watched this, and the feeling that I got watching this – was this kind of similar feeling to when we rewatched? Um, I think it was maybe the one. We, we, we've taken a look at a few films that just did not um, nostalgically age well. This is one of them because it's the humor. So the things that they do and the jokes that they have here topically may have been funny in 1998 but when you listen to them now it's um they're the humor is kind of rough and it's stuff that i just i found myself like cringing and not really laughing along with a lot of times because i'm 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 listening or i'm watching it with like you know 
twenty twenty goggles. 20, yes, for for sure. Twenty twenty vision. Twenty twenty vision. <laughs> Hindsight is a killer, and it kills a lot of the humor in this movie. Um, what this also didn't have, uh, and something that I think a film like Shanghai Noon did better was um serving uh, Jackie Chan's like showcase of his of his talents. It has some of that. Like it occurs kind of, but they're trying to pace it between him and Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker spends an awful lot of time in in this movie in particular out of out of the trilogy, kind of standing there while Jackie Chan will go do something and then he's just kind of complaining, going, I'm just gonna take the stairs. You know, I'm, I'm going to do something because, you know, he's he's not going to do the dangerous climb up something, which happens all the time. Uh, yep. So that I felt slowed down some of the action that was kept. It would get built up and then the momentum would be kind of slowed down like artificially. So I didn't like that aspect of it. So the humor fell off a little bit flat to me and the the action scenes didn't have the punch that I expected of this era. Jackie Chan is where I, I think I sit. So I don't, I'm not going to say that this is like, I agree with the one star rating. Cause I don't, it's still an enjoyable movie, but it's definitely sits lower. Um, than I probably would have rated it had I had seen this more recently. Yep. Fair enough. I, I do, I do admit, um, I, I do remember there were a few kind of like, mm, can you say that <laughs> moments? But in general, I find that's not all the humor. There's a lot of kind of like, I mean, slapstick's not the right term, but it's kind of what it is. It's kind of like body humor and kind of like situational humor that I find. Yeah, really that the, the physical humor of it was better than the, like the dialogue humor. Well, like, in just the, um, the, I just, because well, I've got, as always, I've got the movie playing while we chat. And it had the scene where, um, Chris Tucker, like, steals, um, or Car, we should call him by his, the character's name, Carter steals a motorbike. <laughs> and it's just hilarious how, like, he doesn't really know what he's doing and he, like, wobbles around and, and then he takes off and he catches Jackie Chan in the taxi. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're gonna give him Carter and then Jack and Jane. Lee. Oh, Lee. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Uh, it's, it's okay I, it's, because yeah, like, uh, Chris Tucker does it too in the movies. Like it's edited out, but in the outtakes, he's like Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Jackie, and he's like, "You call me Jackie again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like he pulls he pulls him over and like gets him out of the taxi and like he pulls a gun on Jackie Chan on um, Agent Lee, and then like. Agent Lee, like, does the sweet uh, disarm, like, takes the gun off him. <laughs> yeah. And they get hit. Then Agent Lee gets distracted, and uh, Chris, oh, dang it, Carter pulls out another gun. <laughs> and it's just really funny. Like, and then, like, the taxi driver pulls a gun on both of them. <laughs> and it's just that kind of stuff I find amusing. The interaction between the two is just really, I just find really funny. And, like, uh, Jackie Chan does a really good job playing off another comedian, like, same as you mentioned, Shanghai Nights. Like another film I really enjoy. It's the chemistry between the two main actors is kind of funny. Like, yeah, and, and I think and, that's and, that's gonna. I'm gonna need to revisit. I think both Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights because uh, what happened when I was watching 
these. And I think when I got toward two and three was in my head, some of the, I'm expecting other actors and certain fight scenes that I'm pretty sure were in like Shanghai nights and not these ones. And so I was, I was getting confused waiting for something to happen. And I'm like, where's so-and-so like, Oh, that's not this movie. (laughs) That's a a different movie. There, there was some repeats like, uh, rush hour three, there's the scene where uh, skipping ahead, sorry. Uh, there's a scene where um, Jackie goes into a room with a, a lady, and, and Chris Tucker's like, "Yeah, my man," kind of thing, and she's like trying to kill him. Uh, and Chris Tucker thinks Jackie's getting some action, and he's not. I'm pretty sure that happens in Shanghai. One of them, Shanghai. Yeah, Moon. <laughs> I, I, I think so too. Um, and I mean, it, it worked. It's, it's that humor was fine, like that. Yeah. plays off better than I think some of the other things. And uh something that runs rampant through all of these these three films is there's a lot of people being threatened with gun violence that felt really weird because it was it was both Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan like threatening to shoot people in the head. It just it, watching it through and knowing that they're cops, this it just was like strange. To, to look that, at it now, speci- that specifically happens in three when they get the the um, triad gang member hostage and they get the nun to translate in three. That that, that part, the and then they're threatening like the cab driver. There's a lot of like stuff could be done with a badge and not like directly. I'm going to shoot you if you don't do the thing. Like it's yeah. it's it's just it's a weird through line that they kind of lean on. That, like, I, I'm not a, like, I watch a whole lot of violent things, and this just came off kind of weird, particularly given when these, when these movies came out, but I think that's just, it's a buddy cop movie, so that's just what they decided to do, because that's kind of what Lethal Weapon and, and the other similar films in this sort of genre do. Um, so that's just it's part of the like the vocabulary that these films deal yes. with. It just was a little weird with Jackie Chan doing that, even though he does um police story and, and similar kind of films that do the same thing. I think just here it was like rubbing me the wrong way. Because he's the he's the They're supposed to be good guys. The they're good not guy. like they're not like in the gray zone of cops. They're they're uh Chris you know, they, <laughs> Yeah, I mean he he, he blows up city blocks and does definitely a lot of things that you can't do. Um, but he doesn't seem, uh, well, no, he, he, and they, they call it out. They call it out in the third movie specifically is, is the, the mindless violence. Or I think the, I think the cabbie, he says like, I, w- I wish I could, um, kill someone without, uh, like a reason, like it's reasonless <laughs> yeah. killing and being American. So, I mean, they're they're playing on those tropes too, so it it's fine because it's a comedy. But I I didn't like it in the first movie, and then the they what they do with the we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get to it after we talk about the first one. I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm just all of that to say that I I I came away with the first movie kind of with a sour taste. Like I I remember it being better than it actually ended up being watching it again. 
after yeah, this many fair. years. I mean, it, it definitely feels like a 1998. And that is another thing is I, I forgot how long ago that this movie came out. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Jackie's wearing a black suit, black shirt, and a red tie. Like, it's super 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's, it's very 90s. His hair is bigger than it usually is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it gelled back. But yeah, I, I, in general, I don't agree with the complaints with this film. Like, mm-hmm. It was still fun, and it's not a misery to watch, and it definitely didn't loosen my bowels. Which is good. You don't, you don't want that to happen in the middle of watching a movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually don't think I've seen Operation Condor. Is that actually even a very good Jackie Chan movie? Yes, actually, that is a, that is a good one. Okay, good. Because we wouldn't trust him if it was a bad Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's in like the mid-80s era of him just doing crazy stunts and getting really madly hurt. Not that him getting hurt it makes it a good movie, but, you know, he's just doing crazy things that you just... That's why you watch these movies, generally. Yes. And he is very good at it. Like, he mm. just ran up a wall just now in the film when he's trying to break into the the embassy or the consulate or whatever it is, the mansion. Yeah, I, I did. I liked that part. Is this where he has the... Um, the wheel. The uh, the, the steering wheel on, on his hand, <laughs> handcuffed to him. Uh, yeah, I liked all of that because that feels like classic Jackie Chan. I enjoyed those parts the most when they happened. Yes. very good yeah so i guess we should mention the plot basically uh chinese diplomat's daughter gets kidnapped and held to ransom uh um yes because he's been cracking down in um hong kong on uh uh the criminal organization run by jun tao and um this is in retaliation for his um, destroying, or not destroying, but like repossessing a bunch of um, uh, artwork and um, priceless things and stuff that the the, the criminals had like amassed over years. Um, his mm-hmm. his um, his mission in the city was to uh, you know clean clean up the crime, and that's been happening successfully. And part of that is um, due to the efforts of Inspector um, Lee. Yes, he's kind of been as. His, his, yes, he's been the forefront of um, taking down a lot of these um, Jintali's warehouses and, and things like that. So the kidnapping and the ransom of his um, daughter is is in revenge and like retaliation against uh, what they've done so far. Is the basic plot, it, and that's yeah, basically it. And it's um, Agent Lee and Carter trying to. Get it back, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's some subplot of um, the the console inviting, um, all right, not really inviting, but requesting um, Inspector Lee to come to the United States because he's on, he's in L.A. on a, um, I don't know, he's there for something I don't remember, um, but he's there, and then the, the, the kidnapping happens, and he doesn't trust, he doesn't want just the FBI and the L.A. PD to, to look into the case. He, he trusts in Inspector Lee and has him flown in. The FBI does not want interference from Hong Kong. So they 
through a comedy of like it's not really errors, but uh, they they hire on um, Carter with with the with like the proviso that this role will help him get into because he's applied in the past to the FBI and he wanted to be an agent, but instead he's just a police detective. And um, he's been assigned to um, basically escort uh, Inspector Lee around the city and keep him away from the actual investi- investigation. And then just hijinks yeah. ensue and they get involved with it. Babysitting. Yes, he's babysitting him. And Inspector Lee is here not only because it's a request of his um, good friend, but he's also kind of um, uh, Sue Young's, the, the, the young girl, her... Um, kind of like a godfather situation where he's you know the friend of the family and, and she knows him so he's personally invested in in the rescue of the um, the kidnapped girl yes and he won't just take no for an answer <laughs> he will not and he will take apart the um steering wheel of column of your car to get to someone else if you handcuff him to it um I did, I really enjoyed the fight scene. I think it, yeah, it was this movie where, uh, um, Carter takes him to, he's trying to like impress him. So he goes to, uh, a, um, it's like a, a billiard a bar with the billiards and stuff. And he goes in there and he's just acting all big and it ends up being his cousin's establishment. And his cousin is involved in some sort of shady dealings. And, um, He's he's just acting all tough and saying he's gonna arrest everybody and really he's just saying oh yeah you're gonna come to Aunt May Aunt Maisie's like Thanksgiving it's just like it's just like that part that kind of comedy is funny like that works really well and then there's just a really good fight scene with um, uh, um, Jackie Chan uh, using all the the, the pool equipment um, to beat up people because he <laughs> he called them words that. You shouldn't say <laughs> just mistakenly. I mean, it's it's funny, but definitely like the you're you're just going, no, don't do it. <laughs> then he says it, and then gets you know kind of slightly beaten up for his for his um. You know, they're just they're just they're, the whole shtick of these movies is uh you know kind of stranger in a strange land that that uh, foreigner yes. mis- misunderstanding context of things or not able to speak the language and they they play with that on both sides of the the coin well actually three three times in each movie mm. they actually mention it because yeah. um, and it, i think it gets better it gets better with each each incarnation yeah the first movie is in la second movie hong kong yes and third movie mostly set in Paris. Yep. And so we get that <laughs> fish out of the water, I guess. And um, yeah, all three movies. Yeah, I think that comedy is where it it, it does its best when, it, when it's um, when it's addressing it. Yeah. But yeah, the fight scene itself was really good. He does a lot of like sliding under tables and. Using the yeah, um, pool cue. Yeah, uh, to be honest, like I think some of some of this is Jackie Chan's best environmental action because it, there's a lot of it, uh, and he like a, just the scene where he sneaks into the mansion 
and he's taking he's trying to disarm all the cops was done really well like he's flicking up guns and taking these guys out while he's got a steering wheel stuck on his hand. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed those those moments, I think, the most out of out of this first movie. Like yeah. the stuff that happens in the first one anyway. Yeah. Was anything yeah, else amazing happened? What's other what's I don't, some of the other favorite I don't, scenes? I don't think so. I'm trying to they did a good bit where he's chasing Song um in the warehouse and they're kind of doing pratfalls with the bridge like bits of it breaking um there's a there's a i think what they they do a lot in these movies is both um carter and lee falling off of things like really far (laughs) and it just gets it gets like a farther fall with each movie yeah well i did like that when they go to the chinese restaurant and they kind of make a scene to get taken up that that was really good um that's so that's when he's he's uh carter keeps insisting he like he knows what because it's la so he's gonna you know it's his stomping grounds he's gonna go do the thing even though he doesn't get the culture that he's kind of intruding on when he goes to like the the, looking for um gentile and uh it's he's getting invited up there um that that scene is really good and i do like that he's um he 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 has a little bit of a good fight scene and then like ultimately he's getting kind of beat up and then and then lee has to come up and and save him and he's throwing trays at people and just flipping over the furniture i think i like that stuff i think the most was this the what this is not the movie where someone kicks him and he's like who kicked me (laughs) is that Uh, no that's wait is it Yes. Oh yeah, I no, think, just, I, think, I just got it here. I found yeah. it. Yeah, he gets kicked in the face, and, <laughs> and then he like it's from the side, and he's like, "Which one of y'all kicked me?" or something. Yeah. See, that's just funny. Like, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, he gets kicked in the face a lot <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> yeah, which I think they're they're using to make fun of that he's already fairly tall. Well, yeah, he's very lanky. But he's a, he's a yeah he's not much of a fighter. No, not uh, not, in, also, not in, he gets better. Well, yeah, and they play that into the story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I really like the set piece for the end of this film. Like it's at a big uh, artifact auction. Yeah, there's there's a lot of again. Uh, I think uh, Lee trying to save all the artifacts is really good. It's always a good touch of him <laughs> holding huge things and, and trying to fight people and still not break stuff is, uh, is uh, yeah, always and, a lot of fun. Cause it's they, like a, it's a hindrance to him, you know? Yeah. Like he has this big tough fight with a bunch of dudes and like, he's saving this pot, like this big massive vase a few times. And then he goes to run off and it just gets hit by a bullet. And he's like, Oh, what was the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it is it is very good. Like it's a very cool set piece, uh, very cool uh, set. Like it's this big open room with like lots of verticality, which was really fun in 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 the movie as well. Yeah, and they, and and they play also, with that, like him doing the chase up the like they're they're not rafters, but whatever the yeah yeah poles the, the support steel. supports yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. And even how he, um, that fight, like on the, the poles 
and I'm hanging on there, and it's like, holy crap, <laughs> he's going to fall. And it, they build the tension really well, and it's probably one of the coolest saves in all the movies. <laughs> How, yeah, uh, Carter grabs a massive, massive banner, or like a six-story long banner, maybe if not taller fabric thingy and just like pulls it across it just looked really cool like i know how they pulled it off Filming yeah i don't <laughs> I, I don't know and he used it like a big slide um yeah it was just a really cool kind of like catch and save and setting like it was that's probably like one of the coolest parts of the movie yeah it's 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 those things where the comedy and then just like the timing and like the action, it all kind of combines. And like, those are my favorite set pieces that they're doing. Um, I like those bits most in the movie. Um, and and they, 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 they replicate those, I think to some degree in the, in the later two films too. Yeah. Like it was just, it was a cool, um, yeah. Climax of the film. Yeah, um, I think that's, I, don't, I think that's probably it for the first one. There's, there's not. We got the plot. We got the fun scenes. That's, <laughs> I think, what there is in in Rush Hour One anyway to talk about. Well, they're all very simple plots. It's all about mm. the action, really, isn't it? It's the action and the comedy. Yeah, and the stunts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carter just gets up to try and get everyone evacuated because they know there's the China. There's a. Do they know there's a bomb or they? Yeah, um, I, think I don't know if that he knows. Probably because I think that's after the, the the truck come into the thing. Yeah, and they he's like all the rich fancy people in their fancy club uh, black tie event clothes, and he's like, "There's a bomb! Get out of here! But don't panic." And everyone just stays there. He's like, all right, panic a little. Get out of here. <laughs> and he just like, chases them out. <laughs> and everyone just like freaks out and runs. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rush Hour 2. Yeah, so this one, as we mentioned, it came out in 2001. So it's not, um, it's a few years after after the first film. Um that being the case, I'm sure it was filmed in like 2000. Well, no, this may is August, so this may have been filmed over over like the the spring. Um, but it, yeah, it was released in uh, middle 2001. Uh, another one, I yeah, I saw this in the theater. I enjoyed this one when I saw it. Of maybe of the movies. And particularly over the first one. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I found myself liking this one a lot more than I liked the first one. Is that think, when you watched it this time? Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, I don't know originally. I think they were probably sitting the same. This time I, I definitely preferred two to one. And I I think a, a large part of that is the, the, the chemistry between Lee and Carter is stronger in this one. They, they're not having to waste time building a relationship. They already have it, like, established. And, um, they're, they've given, uh, Chris Tucker has done, I think, some body training in, in the, in between these two films. And, um, he's, he's more fit. He's more active as, like, 
physical role in this movie. So his comedy isn't limited to just him saying funny things. Yep. Which I think just, it just ties in a little bit more um, with, with Jackie Chan's comedy and um, the, the blend is a little bit better um, in, in this rush hour too. Fair enough. Uh, again, very similar plots, though. <laughs> yeah, it's the same director. We have um, John Lone is one of the main um, villains in this. He he was Ricky Tan, which you'll hear five thousand times in the movie because everyone's looking for Ricky Tan. Uh, he played in the Jet Li film in Jason Statham War. Um, also, it's less martial arty but maybe a little bit uh the shadow back in 1994 with alec baldwin he was shiwan khan so the, the main bad guy in that one and that's kind of it he generally does like drama films so his other filmography is not directly related i think i think he was fun in this one uh and then of course we have uh, uh zhang ji and we've discussed her filmography before she this was her second big film i believe yeah, and then followed directly by hero and house of flying daggers and a few other films cuz she's been doing this for a little while now but uh, yeah she was it was fun in this one um then let's see uh Kenneth Sung, uh, he was, I had it pulled up and now it's gone, 2001, he was um, the the police captain in uh, Hong Kong, Um, and he's had, he has a fairly large filmography, but primarily it's all like dramas, so nothing else, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything else that was like martial arts. Uh, well, he wasn't super cop, so I guess technically, technically um, that one would have been. And then that's uh, Return of Lucky Stars, probably also in uh, Better Tomorrow, Legend of the Condor Heroes, Return of Condor Heroes. So he has some stuff, but it's in like the 70s. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was when the last time that he had done any kind of. Uh, Wuxia and um, that sort of film, but uh, yeah, the 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 cast I think was a little stronger in this one. Mm. What do we have for our reviews? Our new game, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we'll start with the one star this time, shall we? All right. Uh, Oh, spoilers. I like when they say warning spoilers. We have... We that. <laughs> uh, we'll just... Um, okay, that's a weird tie. Dead Elephant. Worst Jackie Chan movie ever. And there's a full stop between each... Each word. Um, oh. And this is just hated it. It's not a very good title. It's not very original. Okay. 
I'll give you a fourth option for nine year old boys of all ages and sexes. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Um, oh no. Dead elephant, Jackie Chan movie ever, and hated it. Okay, what? Um, what one had spoilers? Uh, Dead elephant. Let's do that one. Okay. This is by Chain (laughs) Chain Smoker on the fifteenth of March, two thousand and two. The most telling scene in Rush Hour 2 comes during the outtakes that have become the most enjoyable part of Jackie Chan's Hollywood outings. Chris Tucker, the poor man's Eddie Murphy. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, man. Who now pockets more than the real thing per picture. And Chan have just pushed one of the film's myriad baddies out of a window the villain or his dummy double to be exact crashes into a taxi cab below shattering glass and splintering metal Tucker glares down at the wreckage turns to Chan and says he ain't gonna be in rush hour 3 (laughs) (laughs) that was good in the outtakes Chan laughs all the way to the bank but it's a chuckle shot through through with oh, sorry. It's a chuckle shot through with cynicism. Rush Hour Two is less a movie than it is a half baked remake, just one more instalment in what's sure to be an ongoing franchise, bereft of novelty, invention of spirit invention or spirit. Uh, Chan, no stranger to sequels the police story series or money makers, the animated Jackie Chan. Hey, that's a good, I like that cartoon. (laughs) Don't you bad mouth Jackie Chan animated adventures. Anyway, we'll have the last laugh, but when do we get ours? Rochelle two provides only a few most involving Tucker's inability to say, uh, I can't say it. Get the fish. Get felt the fish. During a, a, a game, <laughs> the outtakes. Too bad we must wade through the tripe to retrieve such fool's gold. It's of little surprise that press notes for. Re- uh, I said Resident Evil 2. Uh, Rush Hour 2 <laughs> began by uh, mentioning how much it's. 1998 uh, precursor pocketed in revenue, some 250 million worldwide. The current incarnation has no reason to exist other than to pick the pockets of those who found Rush Hour vaguely amusing. It does little more than rehash culture and kung fu clashes in interrupting both with a mystery without a question mark except maybe who cares still going I, <laughs> so i pulled this up too i do you want me to read the next part yeah i'll have it this because it's, it's a little long <laughs> i'm struggling as you can that's tell. fine 
So this says, warning, spoilers ahead. Once more, Chief Inspector Lee and LAPD James Carter pair up to square off against a bad guy who exists only as a plot point and prop. This time, the role belongs to John Lone as Ricky Tan, the head of the triad, and just five years back, Lee's father's cop partner. Alan King also shows up as a greedy real estate developer, which makes me wonder if... I, I want to say Red Dead Redemption, um, <laughs> Rush Hour 2 wasn't written during a nosh at the Friars Club, and the setting is a little changed. The movie kicks off in Hong Kong, uh, three days or so after the ending of the first film, then moves quickly to LA and Las Vegas. It ends at the airport with Chan and Tucker bound for New York for $100. Quick, guess where Rush Hour 3 is going to take place? And you'd be wrong. Uh, Lone, once so striking against, so striking and elegant, uh, is given little more to do than preen and posture as a man smuggling counterfeit money out of Hong Kong and into Los Angeles. Yet, whenever he's on screen, he seems dreadfully out of place, a Prada suit hanging on the rack of last year's Gap wear. So is Don Cheadle, in an unbilled cameo as one of Carter's old informants, a Crenshaw brother running a Chinese soul food restaurant. Cheadle looks as though he could crush Tucker with one squint. He looks less than amused to be slumming in his outtake, in which Tucker keeps calling Chan by his real name. His name is Lee, Cheadle reminds the squeaky-voiced Tucker, this time without the dismissive chuckle. But no one is more wasted than Zhang Ziyi, the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon co-star, playing Tan's sidekick Huli. Yet she's asked to do little more than kick Tucker in the head a few times, slice an apple with a nasty-looking knife, and slink around in black leather until her inevitable dispatching. In a film with little time for character development or sense-making, she has no more dignity than a poor extra trying to get her SAG card. A few lines of dialogue and nothing more. It's as if director Brett Ratner told her only, stand there and look pretty. That's what happens when you go from working with a visionary to biding your time with a hack. You stop acting and hope only you're not too terribly embarrassed by the final product. During these dog days of Hollywood cinema, studio movies have become so dumbed down they appear to have been written and shot on a bus ride to elementary school. The fans of the first Rush Hour film will wonder if it's as amusing as its predecessor, but it's only a slight diversion. The answer is no. It's neither. No, no, never clever or smart, nor is it terribly thrilling or engaging during its numerous fight sequences, all of which are choreographed with pedestrian flair by Ratner, who helmed Rush Hour and last year's gutless It's a Wonderful Life rip off The Family Man. An early scene, which takes place on a scaffold made of bamboo, is so poorly shot, it's hard to tell who's doing what to whom. Jackie Chan could be kicking his own ass for all we know. Another fight takes place in a massage parlor that looks more like a converted basement game room. It's less a punch than a slap that misses. Ratner and screenwriter Jeff Nathanson um, seem to think that getting a funny man to deliver straight lines warrants a hefty paycheck. In truth, all it does is demand that Tucker, who's already as subtle as a nail gun in the eye, turns up the volume to 11. Do earplugs come with that popcorn? Tucker spends damn near the entirety of the movie yelling, screaming, and screeching at Chan in the audience, and still he's making jokes about Chan's nationality, the way he talks, as though the two aren't even friends and Rush Hour never happened. If only. And that's that long-winded review, and the person obviously, obviously doesn't care for um, Brett Ratner's film uh, history. And this was also done, uh, what was it, 2002, so it's directly after the film was put out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this, this person, they were very fancy with their punctuation, that's all I can say. There's lots of 
sub notes to every sentence. <laughs> There's a lot going on, and I was I ended up just skipping a lot of the um, asides because they they didn't they weren't. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard to read out. So thanks for taking over. You are um, welcome. Um, excessively I, critical. Yeah, I like I said, I enjoyed this more than the first film, like by by a large margin. So I'm not sure. Uh, there's a bias going on here, and it's pretty heavy. Um, and that that's fine. You know, people are warranted their opinion, but um, I don't. I don't really agree with much of what's being kind of said here. Well, yeah, the massage parlor fight scene was awesome. With all the I like that one. And, the and I really enjoyed the bamboo fight scene one because – so a part of that is because we had just watched um, uh, Eatman Master Z. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the scaffolding scaffold. scene was garbage. So in comparison, this was a much better uh, uh, thing. There's people falling off, and you know, it's, it's doing the same fight scene, but it's not weird CG. It's it's Jackie Chan kicking people off of the scaffolding, and they're falling and getting hurt, and it's well done. Yeah. So take that chain smoker. Go watch Master Z, and then you can complain to me about a bad scaffolding fight scene. Yeah, like even when the they're on the the pole and they're dangling, and it snaps and it starts like falling. Like that was filmed really well. Like that's it looked real. <laughs> like no, it looks really dangerous. <laughs> and and they're making fun. I mean, it's like, is this gonna hold up? And he's like, no, it's Chinese bamboo is very strong, and it's not the bamboo that's snapping. It's like the ties. Yeah, but yeah. But no, I, I, it wasn't confusing at all. It was very straightforward. Yeah, no, it was really good. But that's also why ch- uh, bamboo is really good for scaffolding. That's because it will bend and slowly fall, whereas metal scaffolding, if it if it fails, it fails hard. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing would have just come down. <laughs> yeah, and everyone die. Whereas bamboo, not it's yeah, it's got yeah. to bend and crease and yeah. yeah. We'll just uh, we'll agree yeah, to I... disagree with this dead elephant review. Yeah, we don't want to kill elephants; they're endangered. <laughs> Far guy. What do you think about the um, the crouching tiger hidden dragon actress uh, comment, Zhang Zi? Like, um, because this was like her, I think her larger second film. Uh, yeah, I mean, she maybe was a little bit underused in this. I think she could have had a, a larger role. Um. But it, I don't know. That's just how these films are structured. It's the same kind of way with um, Sang in the first one. He didn't really get big speaking parts or to do a whole lot. He's like a sub villain anyway. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And she she has a good fair. fight with um, Carter. I I enjoyed that part like a lot. Yeah, like I can understand her being underused because she is very talented, but. Also, this came out in 2001. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out 2000. Yeah, it's, this so is literally like made back to back with the other film. Yeah, like, so she was a nobody at that point. Like, this would have been filmed before Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out, probably, <laughs> or around the time of its release. So there was no real history in it, does that make sense? So you can't really say they 
yeah i don't know what i'm trying to say i think you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> like yeah i mean she she's not she doesn't have the star she did not have the star power then that, that she would have now well exactly and so, so it's, not it's like kind of a walk on role yeah yeah she it, they just it was the role that that she auditioned for and they hired her for it's Hmm. The content, and it's, I mean, it's the same thing with Don Cheadle. He worked with Brett Ratner several times, so this is like a walk-on cameo for him too. Her, her and um, Zhang Ziyi, her role wasn't really a cameo; she had an you know important part to the plot. So she could have had more scenes, I guess. But that's that's the same case with kind of how this series treats women in general. They're they're sort of just there, and then they're gone. That's really yeah. what it does the entire time, and it, it could they could do that better. To be fair, they do yeah. make kind of jokes about how like Carter made Jackie Chan break up with one of the. Well, he didn't. Well, I mean, he didn't. He he shot her in the neck, like how oh, that's that right. <laughs> and then she 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 was partially paralyzed and had to work at um, El Pollo Loco, which is like a fast food restaurant. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, um, so yeah. I can't remember who which character that was. Um, that is the the agent, the double agent that is. Um, uh, she's the one delivering the uh, counterfeit bill plates. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. The one they spend like ten minutes watching her undress. So, they it's yeah yeah, that's that was overdone too. Like they they do that a lot in these films, and it's just like "Mm, yeah, could do without that. That's for sure. They didn't need to. Well, you can have a little bit of that kind of comedy, but you can't like this. They're just putting like huge scenes around it. It's like okay, that's too. It's too much. Yep, I agree. And they do it again in Rush Hour 3, so <laughs> they didn't learn their lesson. Um, <laughs> particularly given that's like six years later. But, uh, um, yeah, what do we have? We did this backwards, so what do we have for the 10th oh, yeah. star? The good reviews. That one was so long, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got terrific sequel. Four exclamation marks. Better than the first. Seven explanation marks, and that's just one title. Uh, <laughs> the Back, Better Than Ever is title number two, and Always Good for a Laugh. But we won't do that one because it's only one sentence long. Uh, Rush Hour 2 pro- proves a hundred times more entertaining than its 1998 blockbuster predecessor. <laughs> Some people don't know what a title is. Yeah, let's do that one. That one? That one yeah. has warning spoilers good oh no it's too long i can't is it too long yeah it's like just as long as the last one (laughs) this is just as long as the last one uh i'm i'm feeling the terrific sequel four exclamation marks better than the first seven exclamation marks i'm feeling that one okay let's do that one then this is by r-c-h-r-d shout I thought it might be an abbreviation of Richard Shout, but uh, this is 8th of September, 2003. I saw the first Rush Hour and didn't know what to expect when I watched it 
at a friend's house. I watched it and thought it was one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. I was glad that it was something fresh and new as the Lethal Weapon movies, which I also thought were excellent, had finished and I thought it was even better than them. Then, when I heard that they were making Rush Hour 2, I couldn't wait until it came out. However, I was worried it might not be as good as the first, as very very few sequels as very few sequels are these days. But oh, sorry. <laughs> but I was not disappointed in the slightest. I laughed all the way through this movie and even more than the first one. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are perfect for the roles and both are excellent throughout the movie with a witch has even even more humor than Rush Hour 1. Rush Hour 1 is still excellent, but I think Rush Hour 2 has to be funnier having watched them both hundreds of times. I cannot wait until Rush Hour 3 comes out. I highly recommend this movie and Rush Hour 1 to all action comedy fans out there. That's a good point. Most sequels sequels do suck. <laughs> yeah, I I thought that they like each of these incarnations did improve upon the one before it. They, they, they did a good job with that at least. And that, that's kind of impressive. I mean, it does yeah, it does give me like hope for if they do do in Rush Hour Four, even if it's been. Over ten years um, <laughs> between the years, third yeah. uh, and and if they do a new one, that if they could improve upon it and make it, it, it could be the film that the first one should have been. Yeah, or could, could so Jackie does, doesn't move like he used to. So no, we we all watched um, the Foreigner and realized he's getting a little old, <laughs> a little slower. That's still a good movie, though. No, it was. Uh, it was still very impressive. So this seemed more of a review of the first film than the second one, but <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I, I do agree that this was better. This was the better of the two films, which I've I think I've made that point already. <laughs> the, I'm up to the fight scene and like where Jackie sneaks in. What is it? And there's all the money guys and the money around. That was really funny because he's, he sees himself on the camera and then realizes he can, he's like trying to hide more from the camera. The guy's just coming in and like try to fight him. Yeah. But like that necklace he's wearing and that suit is pretty bad. <laughs> is is like this, thick, is, thick isn't chain? Isn't, well, Carter goes through a couple different uniforms in this one. I, is this the one where he's wearing like the alligator skin one? Yes, yeah. They're in the casino, that's where they are, and Jackie Chan snuck into the back. Yeah. Um That's funny, I just watched this the other day, but to be fair I was working at the time, so <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched them like not back to back, but one each night, so like three days in a row. I it's hard for me to remember <laughs> what was going on in what movie until unless I really think about it. Yeah. I forgot this one moved to Las Vegas. Oh yeah, they get they go to the sewer and then they get dressed up again. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, they go to like a stylist. Um, I recognise the actor, but I can't remember where it's from. 
Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. it's a uh, it's uh, a yeah. Jeremy Jeremy Piven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets in the brown alligator suit, and Jackie's in like a pimp suit, <laughs> velvet, like a shiny black suit with a big gold necklace. Yeah, it's <laughs> they're doing something here. It's definitely like late nineties, early two thousands, just hamming it up with the costumes. Yeah. Again, what's the major problem this one? It's the just stopping crime syndicate from smuggling uh, money? I don't remember. What did they do in this one? Who's the bad guy? So this was um Now, now I, I've I uh, wait. Is this Ricky Tan? <laughs> Was that in the yeah, first Ricky one? Tan. Okay, it's yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's um the they're stopping a crime syndicate from um. So he's distributing uh fake one hundred dollar bills. He has um like there's these plates that can produce the the most undetectable one hundred dollar bills. That only the only way to know that they're fake is if you burn them and they turn red, like the smoke is like red. Um, and that's the plot is trying to stop Ricky Tan, who was Jackie Chan's father's old um partner, and I guess had betrayed his father and gotten his father killed. So he he's at odds with like. Help, because so Ricky Tan is all is technically asking um, Lee for help because uh, the other members of like the organization are like trying to betray him, and it's just going to be bad for everybody if if he's killed. I don't, I didn't get that part of it. I don't recall exactly the the reason, but he's trying to ask for protection to get him out of Hong Kong, and he ends up getting shot and uh, by Hu Lee. Um. Uh, and we think killed, but also it ends up showing up later, still alive. It was just a, it was just a ploy to go yeah. under the radar, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, see the. I don't think she's underused. No, she I'm, she has she has a main role, like a big role. It's just. She could have had more fight scenes. She has a big one with Carter at the end. That's, that's yeah, I just watched that, and she's she's given free reign to do some pretty sweet moves. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was fine. Like she had a, it was a, it was a good um, it was a good fight scene. And otherwise, she's kicking him in the face quite a bit. Yeah, um, it's kind of a bit lame how she dies by accident, but that that's unfortunately that's kind of Chris Tucker's well Carter's mo. Like he, it's. He's, yeah, luck. he's not. Yeah, he's not like <laughs> hyper competent at doing anything. Really, he's just lucky. Well, yeah, and he stumbles through. Like it's. I'm trying to think of uh, an example of another character like it. He just kind of. It just happens. He's kind of like Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Where he's he's a go- it's a goofball that solves the thing, but usually it's like indirectly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, nice analogy. But yeah, it's it's an action movie. It's <laughs> it's, there is some action. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any other big 
um, fun scenes. There's uh, the the one in the um, massage parlor was fine, and it's a yeah, lot so funnier because good. because Carter is constantly just like overestimating himself and thinking <laughs> he just knows what's best, and it just never ends up well like every single time. And he he in this one he took the time to like he's he's learning. Wushu, he's like I said, he's a little buffer in this one, and then well, you, it doesn't help when you're fighting like fifteen huge dudes. Like it's just not going to work out too well. Um, but I really like how they they work together, and in that fight scene, and more so in this film. Um, and I just I love when they kind of kick some trash in that massage parlor, and then they do kind of do. You know, like little kids do, like the hand clap games. Like little yeah, girls yeah, they have they, they have their own thing that we never saw them like come up with but they they have made one and so they do it a couple, they it's do it great. each of the movies no it's yeah it's fine um and, and they the do a lot of that. like uh you go this way i'll go that way and then they'll grab each other and like do fun kicks like using the other person as like a springboard well yeah jackie um like flips carter's like being knocked over over one of the easy boy like lazy boy couch chair thingies and jackie flips him up and he does like a flip over the chair and you can just see like his reaction is like, that worked! Yes! And I don't think that was acting. I think he was surprised it worked. <laughs> like, legit. Legit. So it was, like, it was forced acting. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it might have been because uh, he had had um, Carter flip him first. He was like, flip, he's flip me, flip me, and then he, Carter flips him, and then he does the same thing, and you can just see um, Chris Tucker's like, don't, don't do it. Because <laughs> he flips him. <laughs> uh, but, he, he, like, but it's like, it worked! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I like yeah, just- I like that set piece stuff. They're using a lot of the environment and hitting people with chairs mm. and just doing fun, fun things. I, d- I just skipped ahead to the the end scene. So we've got that casino fight, um, which is pretty good. And then we've got um, I forgot you're right because we had the bamboo fall already in this film, and the just the stakes are getting higher with their their falls. And just like the first movie with Jackie falling off uh, the top of the building the the metal supports and Carter saving him with the big fabric. This the falling off what is it like giant they're off the side of a building and they're on a cable with giant lanterns, like Chinese lanterns. Yeah, they're like sliding down right. the cable. Yeah, she comes back, that's right, and blows up because she's been blowing things up the whole time. Um, yeah, she she comes back with a bomb, a uh, Huli does. Yeah, uh, Zhang comes um, comes back with a bomb. So she does have a good finale. She doesn't just die with the accident. <laughs> like no, she, falling she over. exploded herself instead. See, that's kind of a cool finale to her character. But yeah, they fall on the on the cables, spin around a big display banner, <laughs> and then the truck. The truck scene is fantastic. <laughs> it was done really well. Like. They're going to get squished by a big semi truck, and Jackie kicks Carter back. And Jackie runs oh, yeah, along the side. And it cuts <laughs> <to> Carter. <laughs> and he's just like bouncing on it. He's like not. He's just getting hit by the truck. It's, it's, yeah, that is that is really good. Like this, like like he's he's physically fit and he's capable to survive and to get through these things, but he doesn't have the skills to do them classy like Chan does. <laughs> but he gets through them, and that's that's what's so funny about it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I think did, is this the one where um, Lee has the bomb in his mouth? 
I think it was this one. Yeah, and he ends up kissing um, Zhang. Sort of. Like, not yeah. kissing, kissing, but like, hey, she's going to blow him up. And he's got like that a tape around his face. And like, he's doing the stop it from pushing the button. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't want, doesn't want to be exploded. So he, he's continually uh, yeah, trying to, and he does that in the first one too. He like straps the bomb onto himself and tries to chase after the bad guy who can't blow him up because he's too close. Oh, uh, yes, he did. Yeah. So I, I forgot about that till just now. But, and then there's, a, there's a bit of, um, uh, Carter rescuing him and pulling the tape off and, and then he's like, "This is a because he's just going, mm, mm. and he's like, why didn't you tell me there was a bomb? He's like, I did. I said, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> you see, all that stuff's great. Like, yeah. the way they bounce off each other. And and to be fair, like, that was, it is better in this one. The first one had it too, and I do like the interaction. That's the part I like the most, is the way they, the, the difference between the styles and the people, and it works really well, but it was definitely good in this one. Like, it was really good. Yeah. Um, th- moving into the third one, I think that does it as well. It, some, it, it does, take, but it, it does it. like a weird backstep where they're like, Enemies they're getting it. fed up with each other. So they're, they split up, they're apart from each other and they're not as funny on their own. No, one. it does the rom-com thing. It's the, art, the art, yeah. rom-com arc where you have to have a falling out so they can kiss and make up again. <laughs> like, yeah. And that, yeah. But anyway, we'll get onto the third one in a minute. Something we always forget about, uh, we didn't talk about the first one, is that the films end always at the airport or an airplane. Oh, yeah, that, that is true. Trip. I mean, because these are like, it's a buddy cup, but yeah, I guess you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like a rom-com with, without the romance. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but yeah, they, they end up in like, the first one, they're on the plane. Uh, heading to Hong Kong. Yeah, because Chris Tucker's, I mean, um, Carter is just like, I'll just go on the plane with you to, to China. And then. Oh, he's probably, he's probably being forced to take leave as well. Yeah. And then in the second one, he's like, I'll go with you to New York. Yeah. I wonder which if is, it was. Which, like is, that. <laughs> which is even funnier because in, in Rush Hour 2, that's, that's after 9-11, and any time they do the airport stuff in anything post-9-11, you, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. Like, once you're in the airport, it's very difficult to get anything like that done, and that would have been, like, even harder. It's 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 difficult to do that now, let alone that soon after when all the airport security was, like, getting ramped up, particularly in, in, in the States. So air, yeah, yeah. airport scenes are real weird um, if you watch them like in the nineties or the eighties and people just have more free reign of getting <laughs> yeah, a flight or getting a ticket to the last minute and like do that now. And good luck. Yeah. You're like, why are you buying a ticket last minute? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, or I mean, you're not able to, everything's done so far in advance that the flights are booked up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. it's a movie. Yeah. Well, I was, it's the same thing with movies where people, like the main characters just can go buy tickets willy nilly. Like who has that kind of cash? Like, <laughs> and the characters aren't often rich people. They're just normal people, but they manage just to be able to like do whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that, that stuff's not, pet. that stuff's not cheap now. Yeah. Man, I don't think it ever really oh, yeah. was, but definitely. Yeah. Anything contemporary is you're like, okay, maybe not. Maybe that's not how that's going to work out. Um, yeah. 
Are we going to yeah. go into number three now? Yeah, yeah, we can do number three. But again, outtakes are great in this film. Yeah, they're all it's a, it's a lot of the stunt stuff usually, and then on on um, Chris Tucker's side, it's the dialogue. He's like super forgetful on stuff that's kind of weird. Like you'd think that wouldn't be hard to do, but he, you know, I'm I'm not an actor, so I don't know. But uh, just sometimes you're just like, why why are you why are you getting that mi- mixed up? <laughs> why is that one the sticking point? Uh, but as as the bad review said, that that scene where they push the guy out of the the building and then he's like, he's not in rush house. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. And they and they do some stuff like that too, where they'll um break the break the fourth think, wall. Yeah, they do on this one. Where I think he's someone calls him and he yep. hands the phone to to Jackie and he's like, I'm work, I'm at work. <laughs> He's like, you shouldn't have your. Why well, like, you're not very professional. You don't have you have you have your phone on it on you at work while the camera's yeah, rolling. Really so there's stuff yeah. like that. I think that I think is fun. Well, that's the thing. Like I have worked on films in the past, and like if any of the crew, if their phone goes off, man, it's bad. <laughs> and there's like one of the TV shows I worked on. They had a rule if you know, did something like that, they would have to buy everyone around. Like it was their job. They had to pay. Like I mean, they called it a slab to buy like a crate of beers for like for the crew. Yeah, as punishment. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine <laughs> that stuff. That's time and money wasted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching that scene now. I'm filming, man. Coming back at seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it goes on Check for like two minutes. It's it's even worse. <laughs> filming right now it's very good it's very very good yeah all right rush hour three rush hour three so again um this was directed by brett ratner we have um we have our main uh our main bad guy here at um hiroyuki sanada he was he plays kenji um in this and uh then there's uh, Yuki Kudo. She plays the just you didn't give her a name. Just Dragon Lady is what they what they called her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Uh, and then we I feel like there was oh uh, Max von Sydow. Um, he played the other shadowy bad guy. As as we I think didn't explain that Jun Tao was um, a, a British man. Uh, and so we get another another white dude being the villain in Hong Kong because that's just how it happens. Um, but uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, he has done he has a pretty good filmography. He was in uh, Wolverine. He is in uh, well, it's not out yet, but the upcoming Mortal Kombat film, he is playing Scorpion. Um, and just some TV show stuff. Uh, oh, he's Musashi in Westworld. Yes, and he was in Speed Racer. He was in Sunshine. Um, neither of those were. He's the Last Samurai, Twilight Samurai. He's a, you know he has a pretty good. Um, he's in both of the um, the original Ringu uh, horror films. Um, oh, yeah. See, I recognize him. But yeah, he's, he's been doing stuff since. I happen to scroll down here. Um, Nineteen sixty-five. <laughs> So, oh heck, he doesn't look that old. He does not, but he has been acting for a long, a good long while. Um, 
Well, he was like five years old for that one because he's born in 1960. Okay. But he's he's a child actor, you know. He's he's full played, He's played his 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 dues, done his dues. He's been doing this. So I kind of got I Westworld season one. We kind of liked it mm-hmm. was all right, something different. But then we just couldn't keep watching season two. Just and I wanted to because I saw there was Musashi, and it was the Japanese world they're going to get. They're going to introduce, but. I don't know, just something about the, the show I just lost interest in. Yeah. But I want to watch it because Musashi. Do you know who Musashi is? Yes. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a famous um, samurai, one of the most famous in Japan history. He's the best. <laughs> he wrote the he wrote the book, um, Book of Five Scrolls? Of or five, five, rings. five Rings. Five Rings. It's it's interchangeable. Like there's, there's diversions that have been translated either yeah. way. Um, have you read it? Uh, I did, but it was probably like 20 years ago. So I, <laughs> it's been a little while. I, th- I think I also read like Art of War and all, all that kind of stuff. Yes. It's often paired together. And in Japan, mm-hmm. it's used, you know, like people use the Art of War as like a business strategy guide. Like yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh, very similar with the Book of Five Rings in Japan. Like it's seen as uh, a guide to life. Mm-hmm. Um He's a fascinating character, Musashi, and the stories about him are, are quite interesting. Like he gave yeah. up using a real sword. There we go. He was using it. He's, he's done uh, famous fights with an oar and um, yeah, carved a, wood, a sword mm-hmm. out of a wooden oar um, yeah. because he was so good. Yeah, and there's some there's some really good um, biographies, both both kind of like fictionalized and um, more more true to life. It's good. Yeah, the one good I've read, I've. The book I have is has his writings, and then it has uh, like an appendix from stories told by his students. Like they wrote some of the stories, I believe, from memory. And um, yeah, so some of his his bigger fights were, again, they might be larger than life a little bit, but they seem like they weren't trying to be. But Musashi, very cool. He's also a famous samurai, a famous artist, and a famous poet. As I, as I think most of the samurai were men of letters as well, which, which did. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's Hiroyuki Sanada. And Sorry, then, I like Musashi. Uh, no, it's fine. It's <laughs> and it's all it's all related stuff. So uh, Yuki Kudo, um, she is the the woman we did mention, where uh, Carter mistakenly thinks that Lee is um, getting some action and instead is being uh, beat up. Uh, she has uh, filmographies, 40, 42 films. Of these, there's not, uh, well, there's Red Ninja, End of Honor, it's a video game, voice role for that. Um, the Blood the Less Vampire film and video game. She's a, um, I believe also a, um, yes, a, a teen idol with like singing roles. Um, and then she was in, uh, one of the, uh, the 2010 Zatuichi film. I think that's kind of it. So nothing super related, but she does have a sizable filmography. And then we have, um, Zhang Jingchu. She portrays the, uh, I guess 17 year old or 16, uh, the older, uh, the grown-up um, Su Young from the first film. Was she? 
university at this point? I thought it was at university. Might have been, but it's um, 10, not quite 10 years after the first film. So, yeah, she's she's a young, young woman. Um, she was in actually quite a few films, too. 30, 38 films um, at this point. Uh, the Jade Warrior, Seven Swords, also Lucia. Uh, um, I don't recognize really anything else that she was in just off the top of my head. Um, but she's, she's still acting. So she's had a few, few movies. Uh, there's not really any other main cast members. Um, I guess I'll pull up, uh, George since he was kind of important (laughs) in the film. I don't know what his filmography looks like. It is only, Oh, no, I say only it's 57, uh, 57 roles. Um, of course, he's he's French, so I think all these films are primarily... Um, yep, they all look like mostly French films. Mm-hmm. Well, so the the lead actress, she was French as well, wasn't she? Uh, yes, that was... So uh, was French. Yeah, so I think her, her stuff's French too. That was... You know um, what, we've got to give them credit for that, I think. A lot of... Um, films and stuff they just hire americans yeah they were but using I, main uh actors and actresses um from hong kong and then from france so they were doing like on location or i guess uh, and that's re- pretty cool regionally um relevant um actors and actresses which is good uh, it's very good it's very good because often you just get people doing like fake bad accents and stuff in other films and it's really annoying yeah yeah she was in um I think this is the TV series Transporter. And that, that's kind of okay. just a few other films, yep. but they're, they're not, um, I don't think they're as relevant. But um, she, did, she, she did a good job. She had a, kind of a singing role and two seconds of an action role. All yep. right. Uh, what do we have reviews. for Reviews. We have Chan is excellent, Tucker is hilarious, and then title two is wow, same people, same title, but it's even more jokes than the others, and terrific third installment of the Rush Hour series. I love these titles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The second one. Wow, same people, same title, but it's even more jokes than the others. (laughs) Uh, Where do I begin? This film has action, comedy, and drama, but it's not all pushed into one lift and going straight down. It's going to the top floor. It's not a bad film at all. Many people want action, action, action. This film has loads more than just that. Give it a try if you haven't seen it as it's only just come out in the UK. Oh, yeah, this was by Ian T147, 10th of August, 2007. Uh, but honest, but honest, wicked film. You'll love it. Cracked me up. It has so much going on, but is un- understandable. No hard storylines to follow. It flows nicely and will make you think, what a good film. This is sure to bring more rush hours, I hope. (laughs) Wrong there. (laughs) Can't wait till the next installment. 
Oh, and one last thing, and this is no lie. The cinema was packed. No joke. All the people were laughing and clapping. And this is God's honest truth. Treat yourself 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, I like that they went to the theater and then rushed home to uh, write this review on IMDb. Yeah, and they reviewed the theater. Like, that's the first two. We had someone yeah. reviewing music before, and now someone reviewing... <laughs> <laughs> the fun that they had at the theater. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, this, this... They don't really talk about the film much, except they loved no. it. Um, so should we move on to the bad? Yes. Okay, all three have spoiler warnings. Uh, painfully bad. Try to avoid this rush hour. Silly, implausible, and boring. Or one of the worst. The try to avoid this rush hour. Okay, let's do it. Okay, it's not too long. Good. Uh, Lee and Carter are no rigs and... Riggs and Mortar? Murtaugh from uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon, yeah, yeah. Um, an attempt on the Chinese embedder's life is made just as he is about to reveal the names of the triad leaders. While the ambassadors are lying in the hospital, Detective Carter, Chris, Chris Tucker, and Chief Inspector Lee, Jackie Chan, promise his daughter that they will catch the man who attempted to assassinate her father. Lee and Carter travel to Paris to save the girl, solve the crime, and catch the bad guy. The story goes that this film was... The story goes that this film was not released in China because they only can release a certain number of Western films per year, and they had reached their quota. Also, the other reason they gave for not releasing a film in which China's biggest star appears was that the Chinese censors found Chris Tucker's character offensive. When I heard this, I thought it was just another case of political correctness gone mad, and it couldn't possibly be that bad. After seeing the movie, however, I have to agree. I wish it had not been released here either. <laughs> the movie only runs just under 90 minutes, thankfully. The stunts are nothing spectacular, and the comedy set pieces are below average. In fact, the funniest part of the movie is the blooper reel at the end, which would lead me to believe that it is not the fault of the leads that the movie is not really that funny or engaging. The blame should lie firmly at the feet of the writers. While... My saying all of this, I am sure fans of the series will turn out to see it in droves. Yet, I can't help but think that most will find this the weakest in the series. But don't worry, Rochelle 4 is on its way. I am sure it will be better. <laughs> well, let's face it, it couldn't be any worse. And this was 27th of February 2008 by Spine Tinglers. So just after the movie was released originally. Yes. Hmm. Um, the first paragraph, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, how's this a bad review? And then the second paragraph was a little bit weird. How talking about China censorship. So the only thing I can think of is that's in relation <laughs> to maybe how the movie performed in the box office. Because if that wasn't really, I, I don't know that this is the case, but if that was not released in China, at least not initially, 
for that year, then that would have really hurt um, sales. Well, yeah, yeah, but it was kind of a bit weird. I don't know why it's there. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I'm actually not sure how well because Hong Kong's in China and it's technically part of China, but it's also not. It's a very different well, place than the rest of China. It, it <laughs> is, but that's still after 1997, so it's, uh, it's that's fine. It's technically back with China after 97, but they're, <laughs> they are, um, two, they're, they're still separated. Um, that's, that's becoming a big issue like this last year. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I'm not sure. I don't know how, movie, the, I these... don't know how releases would have been in that case. Well, and we watch, these are all Hong Kong films that we're watching yeah, for the most part, aren't they? And so I don't know how well even the Hong Kong films are accepted in mainland China historically. Like, I, I if... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I know that there's a lot of uh, politics um, that inform so, whether a film is in, acceptable or not. And so I don't even know if Jackie Chan would be considered, what, how do they put it? Um, I think as far as biggest China's inter- biggest star, uh, as far as interviews have been concerned, he generally toes the line with um, Beijing. Okay. As far as I'm aware, he 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 comes out on the side of mainland China, not not Hong Kong. Okay, so but that's I don't star. know. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I don't remember when those interviews were conducted, so I don't know how that is these current days. Yeah. I just think it was a weird thing to bring up. Um, uh, well, he specifically, uh, he, that whole paragraph was to say that he was offended by um, uh, Chris Tucker. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so that's the the bad review. It's kind of funny how they keep talking about Rush Hour 4. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't happened. Nope. And we're ten more, more than 10 years later. Um, I, again, this is a thing where like, I kind of understand because some of the humor in this watching it now is like off color. You're just like, well, I don't think you can say that these days. Like if you try to do these movies now, it would be a little bit different. Like I don't think yes. you could poke as much fun as they do in these um, between the, the the cultures and some of the jokes they say would have landed like really poorly and got a lot of people angry. Yeah, like especially like the opening scene, Chris Tucker kind of like perving at the girls' bums is a bit yeah, cringy. <laughs> yeah, they, you, like, like his bit... his character that way, like his obsession with that is like too much. Yes, um, it did lead to funny how he takes their car and and then that leads to the chase. That was kind of it was that was a cool set piece, but the the intro to that set piece was bad. Yeah, and they kept and he keeps he keeps using the Mushu joke, and that's like okay, you can stop doing that now. Because <laughs> even even yeah. even Jackie Chan's getting into it, and like. Mm-hmm. The writing, the script writing on some of this is a little bit off, but you know, 
I I liked this more than Rush Hour One, but not as much as Rush Hour Two. Yeah, that's I I'd, I'd lean towards that probably. Uh, it's still fun action film, and they they had a lot of good sets, like a lot of good action pieces. That part worked really well, but I think just the story was like, you know, these are simple plots anyway, and I don't think this was anything like super special, other than trying to give uh, Lee more like a tragic backstory. I don't <laughs> I don't know what they were doing with that. We did know he was a, a orphan, didn't we, before this? I think so. I don't remember. I know he specifically calls because he talked about his father, and I don't remember him saying that he had been an orphan. But he definitely does in this one. He's from an orphanage. Yeah, and so basically, we're getting at his brother's actually the big villain. Yeah, um, and he's a Japanese villain. So it's his brother from the orphanage and he was shipped off from Japan to China because he did something, his family did something against the Yakuza or something. Yeah. So he was, he was, (laughs) sorry. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. He was, he was orphaned into China and in the Guangzhou um, province and uh, sent to an orphanage. Um, alongside uh, Lee when they were both kids. Lee was adopted into the police family and um, Kenji, I think it's Kenji, was uh, just put out on the streets. Like, <laughs> it didn't explain that that well. He basically, it's two brothers on two different sides of the law is, is, the, is the trope that they're playing with. Yep. Um, yeah, I I, 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 I liked it's... all of the like kind of parkour, like the the big chase scene between him and Kenji in the beginning. I liked that part a lot. Yes, that was cool. The jump out of the the window though at the the World Criminal Court, I'd be cooler if he like jumped onto the, like the flagpole and slid down. That'd be way cooler. <laughs> yeah, he just like he backs up and then jumps out and then rolls in the, like a little garden. Yeah, it was still cool, but it no, it's still cooler. like a long, it's a long fall. Yeah, um, there's an interesting, interesting um, stunt there. Um, I'm trying to recall like other, other big set pieces. There, there's not for a movie that jumps around as much as it does and goes all the way to Paris. There's not a lot of like crazy scenes that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, as I think the reviewer from the Brush Out 2 kind of said that this one, no, what did I say it? I don't remember now. It's all a blur. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, we talked about it. They don't, they seem to be more annoyed at each other in this one. And watching them in quick succession, it doesn't really explain why. Like, it doesn't make sense that they're kind of, they just well, seem to be it, each other right from the beginning in this one. It does because a large part of that is due to their the journey we did not see in New York where uh, Carter shot Lee's girlfriend in the neck. So Lee's well, yeah. still upset about that because that was the first girlfriend he'd had in I don't know how long. And he didn't yeah. – and that, he, like, that happened before he was able to like be intimate with her. 
so he's upset with him for that reason. And then it just kind of slowly, like they kind of getting on each other's nerves a little bit. Um, so, so I wonder if this was meant to be rush hour four and there, there was a script for a New York episode. Yeah. I don't know. They, it, it doesn't, it doesn't give us like more than that little bit uh, when they talk about New but York. It, it does seem weird how annoyed they are, especially because they don't really t- bring that up until later in the film. Yeah. What, why, but just like the first kind of encounter where they go off and they're going to the, um, um, the ambassador's daughter's, um, dojo. I don't know. That's the Japanese name. What's the Chinese name for us? <laughs> uh, school. Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of it. I don't know. Um, she goes to like their martial martial art school and, yeah, like they're just arguing, like they hate each other right at the start, and it's, it, it does seem a little weird that that's like how they, like, yeah, it's not really the same chemistry they had in the previous films. No, we do get the, we do get the fun scene well with one the the, the giant student, and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the little bit of like wordplay between um, the you and me Carter, and then <laughs> you and me. Yeah, that that bit was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, no, you. I am you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was silly, very silly. Um, but yeah, you're right. There aren't too much more. There's more. Another scene on the plane, which is always their, their plane scene conversations are always fun though. I always enjoy their plane mm-hmm. conversations. I think they do too because they keep doing outtakes for those <laughs> sections. Yeah. Probably because they're just like yeah. standalone, brief little moments. Um, the, we, yeah, we oh, did get, yeah. we do get the the bit with the um the the we did we kind of glossed over it er, way earlier, but uh, it's there's a bunch of Chinese mobster or uh, triad members, but they're f- French, like they speak French. So there's a giant misunderstanding, or I guess you know, just language barrier. Um, scene where they capture one of the assassins and he only speaks French and they have to get a, the translator that's a nun and they're just they're just doing a lot of like creative trying to curse at him and then not say the words so that the nun isn't offended <laughs> yeah because it's a nun who's translating <laughs> yeah it's that was a fun scene uh, that was quite funny uh, and when I was trying to think of all the action sequences, yeah, this hospital one where they catch the guy that have come to kind of finish off the job. Yeah, that that was um, a good taking one. Out but it's, again, it's, this one is probably more gung-fu than kung-fu, this Rush Hour 3. There's probably a lot more gun action. There is a lot. And that, that that's one of the issues I think I had originally was they're just threatening a lot of people to shoot them in the head. Like, I felt like they could kind of get around that with, they, they are police they have some kind of authority even if they're in like another country i didn't like that part either where they got like immediately uh sort of strip searched by the french inspector was a little bit weird they're just trying to be funny aren't they yeah and i think it was trying too hard a bit forced yeah i'd agree um, but yeah, the, the scene where they're interrogating the French Chinese man was pretty funny. <laughs> like, he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Speak your own language. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, a little bit silly, but it was quite funny. And the, the just the nun was she she played it so well, like the actress. Yeah, that, she, she did a really, really, well. really good job. Um, what else was there? I did like it's not even an action scene, um, but it's when uh, they're in the um, burlesque, like the, the dancing bit, and uh, Carter is pretending to be Bubbles, the fashion designer. I thought that part was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, if, if, if he's if, if he's gonna do ridiculous stuff and uh, you know go after women like that, that was like a less creepy way to do it so, sort of kind of <laughs> sort of yeah yeah it was like it's, it's it, still it was, it's still ridiculous but it was funnier i think yes it was um again that that action sequence of the burlesque um show was it was all guns like it was yeah, it was a pretty cool shooting people and singing for a little bit i think the yeah, I think the Jackie Chan coming on the swing was pretty hilarious. <laughs> that, that was really good because it's just like completely, it, it's like Carter's mesh, meshing with the show pretty well. And then, then this Jackie Chan comes <laughs> out on that swing. So that was good. Oh, the, um, I think it was in this one. It's the, was it in this one? I want to say in the very beginning, uh, no, it, it may have been in the, previous film where uh where they're looking for ricky tan I, th- I think it was in the previous film because that's one where carter goes in and he's trying to like he's doing karaoke and then trying to speak chinese and he keeps telling people oh, yeah, horrible things like he, i oh, see he, he, like, hong kong yeah yeah that, that bit was good because uh um uh, Lee was like, "What?" He's like, "What did I say? Why is everyone mad?" He's like, "You told you told them to take out their samurai swords and shave their butts." <laughs> <laughs> so they they play with yeah. that a lot, and that's that's always good. yes. And I think they did it in this one too. I just don't, I don't like the the movies combine at some point in my mind. So yes, they do. Um, but yeah, he's throughout the movies, he's learns more and more Chinese, and so I think this one, um, he's at some point he speaks the most. Yeah, he's su- supposedly speaking slightly fluently, but then it'll it'll sometimes it'll just say like um Cantonese like rambling. <laughs> like the things he's saying still are like wrong, but they don't bother <laughs> yeah. giving us like a subtitle for it. Yeah, I guess it's just this is just we've got the triads again and it's just a as you said, the plot is really um, trying to come to terms with someone, brother, doing the opposite of what you want them to do. Yeah. I can't, there's not really any other big set pieces, really. They, there's the fight with the dragon lady in in the hotel, which we already talked about. There's, um, there's a bit really the, the last, in this. The, yeah, there's a lot of cars. That was fun. Um, when the car is like up on its side and they're they're getting he's getting pulled out by the um the guy in the motorcycle. Yeah, that was cool. Like hit the brakes when we tell you to, and he hits the brakes and open the door. That was pretty slick. Yeah, and then like, they pull the guys in and beat the beat the motorbike guys up. Um, he was the the French taxi driver was a highlight to the film. He was pretty hilarious. Going from like anti-American to be like, I love America. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I want to be an action hero. 
Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, you're, you're the super spy. He's like, I want to be a spy. He's like, but my wife says I have to come home and, and make dinner. <laughs> like, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> and then you can like, go and hide out there because they know they can't be found there because it's just a, a random dude. And yeah. Yeah. The, the conversation with his wife is, is pretty funny. It's just a regular guy. <laughs> like, and she's getting so mad. He's like, they're, they're, they're bleeding. They're like, you're bringing bleeding men into our house. And he's like, don't tell me what to do in front of my friends. And she just slaps him. <laughs> 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 he's trying to be tough. And she's like, nah, I'm not having this. That was, yeah. a, that was a good scene. Yeah, he, he was good. Um, then I think, I guess, the big highlight of the film is the last giant fight on the um, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, it was, was really well done. Taking what we've talked about, each film is they fall from a higher, <laughs> a higher height. Yeah, they they picked a big one on this one, and uh, you know they're eventually like parachuting down with a flag, which would seemed a little dubious, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> like yeah. you don't get another chance if that didn't work, you're just going to die. So <laughs> they're going to die anyway. Might as well take your chances. But yeah. What I did, what I did like, I like it's again it's visual play play is the bad guy in white the good guy in black it's kind of that reverse role thing and we've seen it a few times in in films i kind of kind of like that visually uh and i kind of liked how jackie bean uh, chinese is using uh, a japanese sword katana and the japanese character is using the chinese straight sword i thought that's just kind of a nice I think it's just cool. I don't know why. Yeah, no, no it was <laughs> it was interesting. That kind of twist. Um, yeah, yeah. There's not like that was. That's kind of it. There's not. There's not a lot of other bits that I uh, can. They recall. definitely made. No, it was. It was all. It was all just blockbuster. It was a lot more actiony than the other ones. But I would admit that there's probably a lot less fight kung fu fighting uh carter probably does the best fighting out the three like he actually and i actually talk about how he's been over the years been studying martial arts more and more yeah i think he said he's he said he's been studying out of um uh, sifu and at crenshaw (laughs) crenshaw boulevard um but he's like has two different wushu belts and something else and he's learning yeah. Cantonese. I mean, he's, he's, he, he he's obviously trying. like loves the culture and is trying his best. He's just, again, not good at things like that, <laughs> like as much, but he definitely, st- he holds his own in a yeah. straight up fight more. So no, he's actually like wins. He He's doing much better in this one. Yeah. Cause he beats the, was, oh no. He fights a bunch of dudes and like yeah, but does he beat the main lady? He does, doesn't she? She gets chopped in half in the elevator or something. Oh uh, yeah, that wasn't him. I think he just kicked her and she got stuck in that gear and then got cut in half. Yeah, but he still yeah, her I mean, in he, there, he, I guess. he won that fight, but he fought like five dudes while while um uh, Lee is is battling Kenji, so he he was doing much better. Yeah, which is kind of cool to see that that arc of his character. Yeah. improve in that regard and one thing we didn't mention is that um they head to paris because they uh, they got a clue <laughs> well the ambassador was going to reveal the list of yakuza leaders not yakuza yes. uh triad yeah, yeah the the, and, the the new successor for the triad and that's what's um tattooed on um genevieve's head 
and yeah, they get the clue that it's in Paris. They go there. They get caught by Jackie's brother, Kenji, Japanese brother from another mother, and <laughs> and he he's going to kill them, but they get away uh, again. Going into the sewers, and getting nasty. <laughs> Except for like, oh, way worse. Good, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, oh, that was that was actually really gross. Like, you could see like chunks of nasty something. Uh, yeah. That was another good scene where they rock up to the hotel, real fancy, like French hotel, like super pop plush. And they're like, we want a room. And he just, that was a quite a fun scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, and or during this time, they find out that the um, ambassador's daughter is being picked up in LA and brought there. So that's that's the stakes. We, again, another kidnapping. Oh, it's the same character. Man, she get kidnapped, kidnapped all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't even, yeah, didn't click. Uh, yeah, so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rescue her now and protect. Is it Genevieve? Uh, yes. Who's the who is the list? Shao mm. Shen, or it uh, is yeah. Shai Sha Shen, Shai Shen. Yeah, I was close. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was very simple. I think this is the most simple of the three. It just kind of happens, and it's kind of done. Yeah, I think it just bounces around a little bit more. They do a little bit more traveling in this one. Um, but it was still entertaining. Like, I I didn't dislike it. I think it's still funny, but I, I would agree that in hindsight, I think 2 is probably the funniest. 2, yeah. I, of the ones, I think I think 2 is my favorite. Um, then 3, and then 1. And I, 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 one, I definitely like, I didn't like some of the humor that they were doing in, in the first one. Like, I saw what they were trying to go with it, but it, it doesn't age well. Mm. And I felt like three was kind of doing the same thing, like the writing for it, like some of the humor that, um, uh, Carter is using was a little bit much. Yeah, and I don't. It didn't seem like as much prevalent. That doesn't seem. I don't know. Like maybe the writer changed. Do we know if the writer changed uh, in the movies? Or I'd have to look at the the writing credits. I'm not sure. I think it's. I think it's been the same. Um, where is the Jeff Nathanson? Just click on his credits real fast because it's just as fast. Um, did he did Rush Hour two and Rush Hour three, and then Ross Lamana? I think I want to say did the first one. Uh, no, so two and three. So the writers. Uh, oh no, and and one, but. It looks like the people write the the guys writing the screenplay. Um, did the screenplay for the first one and then just like character dialogue I guess for two and three not interesting whereas they had a completely new um, so one of the guys wrote the screenplay for the first one and then it was in charge of characters whereas the other guy had no he, he did only two and three screenplay Okay, so there is a little bit of changing. There's a little bit of change, writer. yeah. So that could be part of it. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. It, 
there's definitely some funny moments in three. But I think I, I think I didn't like the rom com twist. Like we're gonna break up. <laughs> like, good thing is it didn't it didn't last long. Like it was kind of <laughs> it was really fast. It was pretty much until Carter like thought he thought he was dead. Well, no, no, because the it big was breakup, the big breakup was after that because they had to go and each get <laughs> their opposite. Like Carter went to go get Chinese food and. Um, uh, Lee in. is just getting he's ordering Kentucky Fried Chicken or something or I think it's just Fried Chicken oh yeah that's right they're doing the opposite yeah uh, and they had, they had well, that little, the little the little movie was playing in each of them like Carter's watching Indiana Jones and it has um, short round and then I don't remember what uh, Lee was watching something yeah but yeah that's basically it's like it's just a little scene of them separating Carter storms off and then they both end up at the same place like the next scene is both of them ending up at the same location from different leads and so yeah and that was it but yeah I think that was the part I didn't like about the film the most is the them breaking up even though it was short lived yeah it's, it slows things down is what it what it kind of did but I mean they they yeah. wanted some sort of tension I don't I don't know it wasn't necessary. <laughs> well, I guess the reason why it's there is because there is this kind of contrast between brothers, childhood brothers, and Carter sees them and they see each other as kind of, you know, brothers from another mother, kind of to bring that joke back. Uh, and so there is that contrast between like who will Lee side with kind of thing. And, but it, I don't know. I don't know if it actually pulled off as well as it was intended to. Yeah, because I, it's. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, I don't think it did because I didn't care for it as much. Yeah, but I can see why they were trying to do it. They're trying to like compare childhood brothers to modern brothers. I don't know. Yeah, it's just <sighs> different brothers from another mother's. Yeah, <laughs> other brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it it was fun. It was fun, and it was dramatic that they were fighting on the safety nets of the Eiffel Tower. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that part was that was uh, and interesting. Actually, very visually, very impressive. Like mm -hmm. how again, it seemed kind of impressive how they pulled that off because it looked like they were suspended above the ground underneath the Eiffel Tower <laughs> like movie magic yeah I know like, it was pretty good and as we talked about the stakes got higher about the epic fall at the end of the film yeah this, uh, they, this is at the top of the uh, <laughs> the uh, Eiffel Tower and using a flag it's as a long parachute way yes uh, and, and getting shot at and landing in a fountain and then we've got our taxi driver killing the main bad guy to save the day <laughs> Yes, showing up, saying, hey, like, I, I I, followed you anyway, and I left my wife at home, <laughs> or whatever he was saying. <laughs> yeah, I, d I did like how the, the chief, the French chief police who violated them earlier in the film, he turns up, and they're like, he's like, I'm going to take the credit. I'm like, yeah, whatever, and just walk off. <laughs> like, it's just completely unrealistic. I, like, well, and I, I think they start dancing to the music, which you know the music isn't actually playing, so they're just 
deciding both randomly to dance to the same song. Well, that that was a callback to both films. The first film, the Jackie is singing along to War. What is it good for? Yeah, and he does it. And then the second film at the airport, they both start dancing with their hands in the air as they walk off to their plane. Yeah, so with, it's with, in... with music that's not actually there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my favorite part about it. It's like they're dancing to the soundtrack music. Yeah, it's a bit. It's silly. it's fine. It's, it's just silly. This one doesn't end with them at the airport, though. I just realized. No, it just the credits just roll. That's a shame because I like that. I part, mean, they have like to go to the person. airport because they're in Paris. So, <laughs> well, see again. I wonder if that this was meant to be the last one for that reason, whereas the other ones were leading on. That's a good point. So, I mean, yeah, maybe they were. T- they're just doing that. They're, they may have been just under contract for three films. Or two two films after the first one was so successful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just played the scene where the, the French cop turns up and he you know does the French thing, kissing him on the cheek. And kind of like, you touch me again? You owe me a dinner and a movie. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was, because he definitely he gave him a good old welcome in the first time. Yeah. And, and, he, and he had a big ring. <laughs> a big ring. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh well, it was fun. Yeah. A little bit different than other all kung fu films. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad I watched them again. They are good films. But now I want to watch Lethal Weapon again. <laughs> yeah, those are those are also good for the exact same buddy cop reason. But I think they they may may do it a little bit better. Again, I don't know because it's been so long. I mean, maybe we can just do Rush Hour, uh, Rush Hour, um, Lethal Weapon Four because that does have Jet Li. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, I I always like the um these weapon movies, but it's been a very long time since I've seen them. Yeah, I, I like them, and I like Joe Pesci. Um, always does a, a good job. I think I think he starts at number two. It's been a, a a while since I I think I've seen them recently, but it's always like bits of them because they're on TV or something. So I never wa- sit down and watch the whole thing. I just catch small parts, like where Murtaugh's um. Like on the toilet with the with the bomb under the toilet. I remember that part. <laughs> That's good. That's the thing. They should be on Netflix, and so should Die Hard, but they're not. No, I think they they might pop on there every now and then, and then just eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? I th- well, I think that that wraps us up for this trifecta of films. You know, apparently we do this once every few years because we kicked it off with. All of Yeetman, um, which the four, the fourth film is out now, but I think it's just out in the theaters. Uh, so we'll have to get to that because I, from what I hear, it's very, very good. Good, 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 good. Yeah. And that'll, that'll be a pleasant departure from, I mean, I, while I enjoyed Master Z, I, we, we, well, you can go back and listen to what we thought about that one if you missed it. <laughs> Cause he could have had a better, he could have done a better job cooking those steaks. <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely yeah so yes that is that is rush hour three or one two and three from, from so what would you what would you rate the trilogy like what's your score for the trilogy as a trilogy mm, i'll give it a 7.5 cool um to be fair like as a trilogy it's probably one of the more consistent trilogies out there it, most and trilogies... it, they, i mean they generally got better as they went so that's that's why it'll get a, a decent score yeah, like, 
for entertainment purposes and for like rewatchability, like I'm up there with an eight, eight and a half, to be honest, because mm. they are just, they are fun. Like they're not perfect, but they are fun. And I find myself laughing. The action's entertaining. Uh, and yeah, I think the third one's lacking the Kung Fu as much. There is, yeah, a, it, there is a, it, one or two scenes. Yeah. I'm trying to think what it, I don't even know what I what it felt like, but it, it definitely was, you know, I guess more more lethal weapon ish than rush hour ish. It was a lot. More, there definitely was a lot more gunplay. Like it mm-hmm. was there were a lot more gunfights, uh, and but I guess it was it was kind of it was more of well, as weirdly it was kind of a bit of a mainly because of the burlesque it had like a noir kind of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a very noir kind of like 1920s scene where they get shot up and the way the the triad stood up and shot with like automatic right it was very like tommy gun kind of dick tracy kind of feel to it uh and maybe that's that was the kind of vibe mm-hmm. and so i had more twists on that but yeah the the, the fun films so yeah that's what i go with <laughs> all right so we'll We'll call it a day um, for this one. I I have no idea what we'll do next. We'll we'll find something. <laughs> there's there's a few kung fu movies out there. I think a couple, one or two. just a couple, just a couple. Um, but yeah, so that'll be us for this time. Uh, Vader, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, VaderVanOden.com, and it has links to our YouTube channel and other things I do. Excellent. All the kinds of things. They'll be in the notes. Uh, as for myself, I am generally on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. You can find me and my 50 podcasts I do um, <laughs> on there. And uh, yeah, so we, we're, we're, we're raring to go for 2020 and we'll have some more episodes and uh, we'll see about um, – well, they're just going to come out when they come out. That's that's the nature of this particular <laughs> that's about beast. It. That's what we do. So we will catch you next time for something else, something new, and something kung fu. Bye-bye, y'all. See you later.